ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋ ಘನತ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ ಶಾಂತಿ ಓಂ ಪೂರ್ಣಮದ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಿದ ಪೂರ್ಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ಣಮುದಕ್ಷತೆ ಪೂರ್ಣಸ್ಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಾಲಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಶ್ರುತಿಸ್ಮೃತಿಪುರಾಣಲಯಂಕರುಣಾಲಯ ನಮಿ ಭಗವತ್ಪಾದ ಶಂಕರ ಲೋಕಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವಂ ಬಾಲರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಕೃತ ವಂದೇ ಭಗವಂತ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಃ ಈಶ್ವರೋ ಗುರುರಾತ್ಮೇತಿ ಮೂರ್ತಿಭೇದ ವಿಭಾಗಿನೆ ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯ ಪ್ರಕೃತಿಭೂತಾಗ್ರಹಿಂಕರಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಇಂದ್ರಿಯಸ್ಯೇಂದ್ರಿಯಸ್ಯಾರ್ಥೇಂದ್ರಿಯಸ್ಯೇಂದ್ರಿಯಸ್ಯಾರ್ಥೇ
or inferior to any other task, it was a means of your contribution. It was the duty, meaning that your contribution that you make. <coughs> as long as this spirit, per, you know, prevailed, so long, of course, caste system went on very well. Once then, however, the greed came in, and then the temptations for the sense gratification, etc., or ego gratification became important. Then all these things then did not work because all based on offering, based on self-offering. Then that is not very conducive for a quick material progress. This principle of self-offering is very conducive for one's inner growth, spiritual progress. But not very convenient for quick. It is convenient for material growth also, but then it would take its time. And therefore, it is greed or that. Now, anyway, the point is that right now, we have to determine what is Vasvadharma, what is appropriate duty that we have to perform in a given situation. We have to decide. What is it that is expected out of me in a given situation? And providing a response in keeping with what is expected out of me. What is the right way of playing my role? <coughs> so, Swadharma is then a means of one's growth. The attitude that we have towards the action that we perform, the duty that we perform, Lord Krishna says that is most important. Meaning that it does not matter what you do. It does not matter in what station or position of life you are. What role you perform is not very important. As long as you perform your role with the attitude that this is my dharma, this is my duty, this is my opportunity to contribute. <clears throat> Whether it brings the material benefits like somebody else's duty brings or not, do not evaluate your duty based on the outcome, the material outcome. Evaluate your duty based on your compatibility. Paradharma, so paradharma, sanushthitat, you may feel that some other kind of work is more profitable. And if I do that, perhaps I will progress faster. He says, no, that's, so progressing materially is, is not the criterion. Your akkarma should become a means of your inner growth, inner purification, spiritual growth. Because that alone is, inner purification alone is conducive to your happiness, self-acceptance, self-satisfaction. Swadharami nidhanam shreyaha. In performing a duty properly, if it involves pain or suffering, that is still good. Rather than avoiding pain and taking somebody else's duty or taking some other kind, like as Jana wants you to do, like giving up his duty or fighting this battle and becoming a renunciate, which appeared very easy to him. Paradharma, Bhayav, Arjun, you do not know what it is to do some other kind of duty which is not compatible to your disposition. Renunciation is not compatible to your disposition. A time will come when you can become a renunciate. But right now as you are, renunciation meaning giving up all duties and living contemplative life will be very difficult for you. In the 18th chapter, Lord Krishna says, Yadahankara maasritya nayotsheti manyase. Here, Juna, 
Because of ego or arrogance, if you think that I will not fight, I don't need anybody's advice. Mithesha Vyavasayaste, that decision on your part is going to be false. Prakurdhisthvam Niyokshade, it is your own nature that will in fact control you. And so Lord Krishna in fact teaches Arjuna that Swadharma, your dharma, what is appropriate in a given situation is the right thing for you to do. <coughs> now the chapter continues because Arjuna asks a question and it is not very clear why Arjuna asked this question because his question is already answered. Basically, Lord Krishna discussed Karma Yoga and also discuss what are the obstacles to maintaining the attitude of yoga. What is Karma Yoga is performing your duty or playing your role with the attitude of yoga, with the attitude of offering contribution, yajna. What is it? There is some obstacle within. I mean, everybody would love to do that. There are something within ourselves that become the obstacles which do not allow us to maintain that attitude of offering. Lord Krishna has already discussed this. Raga, Dvesha, Prakriti, etc. Second chapter also, Lord Krishna talks about Kama, Krodha and so forth. Already discussed. Parjuna feels that this has been stated alright, but then here and there, and not very clearly. So Arjuna wants to have a very clear answer. See, he is a warrior. And earlier Lord Krishna said, Tau yasya paripanti, you know, the likes and dislikes are your enemies. So when he thinks of, I mean, here he has an enemy, he's a warrior, he wants to overcome that enemy. So Lord, I want to overcome that enemy that comes in the way of my performing the karma in the spirit of yoga. So I want a very clear answer, a concise answer. Give me one thing, one enemy which I can fight. So with that in mind, in the verse 36, Arjuna asks this question. <coughs> Arjuna uvacha athakena prayuktoyam Papam charati purushaha Anichanna pivarshneya Baladiva niyojitaha Atha kena prayuktoyam Prayuktaha, impelled by Compelled by what? Kena prayuktaha, impelled by what? Compelled by what? So Arjuna here accepts that there is some compulsion within that people suffer from. Papam charati Earlier Lord Krishna said, those who live a life following the order that is just revealed, the order of yajna, that in fact keeps the whole universe together in one harmonious whole, and your life also should be in keeping with that order so that you also will be in harmony with within, within and without. So Lord Krishna said that those who follow this order, this teaching of mine, 
Muchande te bhi karma bhi, they become liberated. Meaning living a life of harmony with the order brings about a harmony within, brings about self-acceptance, brings about inner purification, brings about slowly a transformation, the kind of desires. The desire for pleasure or enjoyment slowly gets transformed into desire for knowledge, the transformation happens. And from the love for objects of pleasure slowly there arises love for knowledge and love for scriptures, love for teacher, love for Ishwara, all this bhakti arises. And which through knowledge ultimately leads to moksha or liberation. However, however those people are cavilling at me, finding fault with what I am teaching. And they do not have any trust in me. They don't deliberately follow this order. They violate the order. What happens to them? All kinds of disharmony is there. Conflicts are there within and without. As a result, as we said, they lose the vitality of their mind, the willpower. Become incapable of doing anything worthwhile and that's how they get destroyed. So one is a path of freedom or liberation, as a path of bondage and destruction, Lord Krishna said. So there is something, something which prevents a person from following this order. When there is law, what makes a person violate the law? In India there is, they brought out a law, that those people are riding two wheelers, they should put a helmet, you know, wear a helmet. You won't wear, I don't know why, it's, the statistics is very clear that these scooters and motorbikes and so forth, accidents, lot of head injury is a, is a major cause of, of death and injury. <coughs> head injury, that's what happens. Either a person dies or becomes disabled. And that's why the government said, you fellows put on your helmet. Says, no, we don't know, we will not put on helmet. Says, why? It's a matter of your life. It's our life. Let us decide what we should do with our life. There is something which compels them to violate the order. Wear your belts when you are driving your car. You won't wear. This is India. Moment some law comes, they will resist. <laughs> law we cannot follow. <clears throat> what is inside that makes the people do this? This is just gross examples of violating law, but then there are basic laws. I should not do unto others what I do not want them to do to me. As Puja Swamiji said, this is the universal consciousness with which all human beings are born. That I am very clear about what I ex- how I expect other people to treat me, and I know that other people also expect me to treat them in the same way. I want to live and live happily. I know that others also want to live and live happily. I know that. I don't want them to come in my way of my pursuit of happiness. I would want them to help me in my pursuit of happiness and freedom. So others also do not want me to come in their way of pursuit of their freedom and happiness, would want me to help them. I know this. And still, why do I hurt others? When I want others to tell me the truth, why do I tell lies? I want others to be honest, why do I cheat them? Why am I dishonest with them? 
What's the reason? I know what is right. It's not that person doesn't know what is right. At least as far as the basic universal values are concerned, we know what is right and wrong. We may not know what, you know, what, what you call vishesha dharma, specific dharma that there, how you should conduct yourself when you're in a temple, when you're on a dining table, when this, this we may not know. Those vishesha dharmas we have to learn. But this is samanya dharma, known to everybody. And still we see people, while ourselves violating them. And we know that violating law means punishment. That I am inviting a harm, I am harming myself, damaging myself. But still people do that. That shows that there is paratantrata, there is helplessness. Human being is helpless. Athakena prayuktoyam papam charadipurusha. O Lord, impelled by what? Compelled by what? This human being performs papa, meaning that he violates the order. Anichan, he knows what the order is. He knows what he or she should do. And he doesn't want to violate the order, but something forces him to do that. Sometimes I know I shouldn't get angry. I see anger arising, arising, rising within me. I know it's not right, it's not right. And still, it just overcomes my desire of remaining free from anger and makes me angry. Something compels. So what is it that compels a person? Then you regret later on. The fact that you regret later on. I wish I had not said this. I wish I had not done this. The fact that I regret later on means that I did not want to do it. Otherwise I would not regret. A cold-blooded murderer will not regret anything. He will perhaps congratulate himself because he doesn't say anything wrong in that. Whatever kind of distortion has taken place in his personality. By indoctrination or whatever. But usually a person regrets. That means that he did not want to do that. It has been done against his will. He has been forced to do that. Baladiva niyojita, as a force by something, like a master may force the servants to do things, even though it may be wrong. And poor servants, because they are totally dependent upon master for his, their livelihood, they are compelled to do things. Even why talk of servants? You and I also, professionals, high-paid professionals, all Swamiji, you know something, uh, when you go to place over, you have to do certain things. Let alone India, even in the United States also. Because the organization is not totally you know, morally upright. There are irregularities in accounting practices, and this practices, that practices. You know what you are writing on the label and what is inside. Those kind of inside, inner people know. And still some way to do that. If I want to work here, I have to do this. So how people feel helpless or compelled? And, so this is Arjuna's question, what compels a person to violate the order? When I know, when I love the idea of offering, because I know when somebody, somebody helps me, how good I feel. When I am in need and somebody helps me, how good I feel. Then it makes sense that I should help somebody when they are in need. And so I can't do that. When the time comes of giving, even to a beggar, when I see the beggar in his pitiable condition, right away my mind says, give him 10 rupees, give him 10 rupees. 
You know, hand goes into my pocket. By then it says, no, five rupees is okay. I take, take out the wallet, two rupees is okay. I take out money, one rupee. No, I think that is also too much. I give him twenty-five cents, paisa ultimately. What is it that prevents me from doing that? There is something that prevents me from being generous, from being charitable, from being kind, from being compassionate, from being giving, from being serving. There is something. So that is an obstacle to karma yoga. That is an obstacle to maintaining the attitude of yoga. Karma is okay. Karma is not important. What is important is the attitude with which we perform the karma. And we have obstacles within ourselves which prevent us as though from maintaining that attitude. What is it? Papam. Papam means violating the order. Anichinnap, even though he does not want, he varshanaya. It's an address to Lord Krishna. Baladivani yojita, as though he is compelled, forced to do that. Even though Lord Krishna has already discussed this thing, then we also discuss in course of these classes anyway. And still, Arjuna wants to know specifically, very clearly, perhaps in from what has been discussed so far, this may not have come out very clearly. So Arjuna wants to know very clearly who is that one. And I want to take care of that, you know, because he's a warrior. So that is why people, somebody recently came, Swamiji, uh, what about this uh, tantric practices, Swamiji? You know, this happened to my brother-in-law, this happened to that, and person suffered, died all of a sudden. What is all this? People do that. I mean, if you believe in that, but anyway, why do people want to hurt others? So these kind of things people do. That shows only helplessness. So Arjuna here in fact uh, is appealing to Lord Krishna, what is it that makes me helpless? <clears throat> so understand this, that whenever a person violates a value, it is out of helplessness. Never out of free will. No human being would want to violate any value, given a choice, given freedom. Nobody would want to tell lies, and nobody would want to dishonest, Nobody would want to hurt somebody else if given freedom. But that inner impulse deprives me of the freedom and makes me go against my own values. It is helplessness. Why I'm saying is, because very often we get angry at people who are not honest, who are not, who are violating values from you. How can, and generally anger prevails. A lot of criticism prevails. In any meeting, when you talk about public officials and these are, everybody is very ready to criticize all of them. But what a Vedantin says, look, it is out of helplessness that is done, not out of volition or out of free will. Something that makes a person helpless. Lord Krishna replies in the next verse. Shri Bhagavan Kama esha krodha eshah Rajoguna samudbhavaha Mahashano mahapapma 
విధ్యేనమిహ వైరుణం సో లాడ్ కృష్ణ ఐడెంటిఫైస్ వైరి బికాస్ అర్జున ఐ వారియర్ హీ వాంట్స్ నో హూ ఇస్ దిస్ ఎనిమీ ఆఫ్ మై నో ఐ కెన్ టేక్ కేర్ బికాస్ నోయింగ్ ద ఎనిమీ ఈస్ వినింగ్ ద హ్యావ్ ద బ్యాటర్ అండర్స్టాండ్ సమ్టైమ్స్ డో యూ డోంట్ హూ యువర్ ఎనిమీస్ ఆర్ హూ ఈస్ ఎక్స్ప్లోరింగ్ దిస్ బాంబ్స్ హూ ఈస్ డూయింగ్ దిస్ థింగ్ యూ డోంట్ నో nobody takes responsibility it takes one year to find out who did it and by then of course they would disappear so knowing the enemy is a very is half the battle one so lord krishna says kamaesha krodesha this is kama kama is only translated as desire but here let us translate kama as a tendency to indulge not a simple desire but a strong desire a craving a tendency to indulge meaning when that tendency craving comes you become helpless that is what is called karma that is makes you helpless even though the doctor said that swami ji no more rasgulla for you no more sweets for you when it is placed before me makes me helpless and compels me to put one in my mouth even though i know that this is wrong this is poison i can't control myself so that would be called kama not simple desire if you have desire you can just all right the desire is there no no i don't think it's right i no no good for me and if you can uh, dismiss it if you can as long as you can manage your desire so long it's okay when desire starts managing you then there is a problem As long as the dog is wagging a tail it's fine when the tail starts wagging the dog then it's a big problem so as long as i manage the desire no problem in puja swamiji's words desire is a privilege only human being has it nobody else has it and he will dramatize all this thing you know a cow never says to a bull come on honey shall we go for a dinner tonight etc this kind of things don't happen to cows human being he has ambition so there is ambition there is a desire to grow desire to become so that's a great privilege that we have desire ultimately the desire behind all the desires is to become free but basically there is a desire or ambition to become bigger and greater than what i am that we cannot fault we cannot fault a person's desire to become bigger than what he or she is or greater that's fine as long as we are capable of fulfilling the desire through legitimate means meaning that it is not the end that justifies the means but then we employ legitimate means to fulfill the desire so long we say you are managing your desires as long as desire does not compel me to violate the values so long you can say that i am managing the desire but when desire manages me when it controls me then more often than not i find myself violating the value kamesha lord krishna says this kama this tendency to indulge this strong temptation krodesha that alone becomes krodha so what is called in puja swamiji's words binding desire what's a binding desire 
a desire when not fulfilled results into anger, call it a binding desire. If desire when not fulfilled, it's all right. You can you can man- manage yourself. Even if my desire is not fulfilled, then I have enough maturity to accept that. All right. So long, it is all right. Meaning that it is not a binding desire as much as it does not cause anger. It does not cause a reaction in you. But when my desire or call it demand or expectation. Kama includes expectations, demands that you make up on other people, desires that I have within myself, all of this is included in Kama. When I make demands upon others, when my demand is not satisfied, when somebody fails to satisfy my expectation or demand, I get angry. Kamesha, Krodesha. It is this frustrated demand frustrated expectation, a frustrated desire that can, can gets transformed into what you krodha or anger. So understand that karma and krodha are not two different things. Karma or a strong desire itself gets transformed into anger when it is frustrated, when it is not fulfilled. Kamesha, <clears throat> krodesha, rajoguna samudbhava Rajogunaha samudbhavaha yasya Samud means karanam yasya sa rajoguna samudbhava means that which is born of rajoguna. A desire can be born of sattvaguna also. When your mind is predominantly sattvic, then also there can be desire. What is that desire going to be? Desire for knowledge. Then the desire to, then when there is mind, then desire is to help. That's what the desire will be. When the mind is sattvic, there is desire to help, desire to serve, desire to reach out, desire to contribute. That's a desirable desire. But Swamiji, suppose that desire is not fulfilled. That's okay. If you get angry by not fulfilled, because... Your act of serving somebody did not become successful, you get angry. That means it is more than serving. There was some expectation there. You are serving them for some agenda of your own. Lot of social workers are there, you know, serving a so-called, but with an agenda. No. Mind is sattvic. In that case, there is, just, there is pleasure in giving. Pleasure in making somebody else happy. So that is what we want. Through karma yoga, we want our mind to become sattvic. That is called shuddhantaha, kind of pure mind, means sattvic mind. So that is why we talked about fake it till you make it. When the mind is predominantly rajoguna, rajas is predominant, then there is a tendency to gram. Then, then there is a tendency to violate the values. Then the end becomes more important than means. When the rajas, and tamas, when they are predominant in mind, then the end, what I want becomes more important than the means to attain them. When the mind is sattvic, then the means are important, more important than the end. Understand this difference. That's the reason why if you want to make your mind sattvic, act like a sattvic person. Who is a sattvic person? A sattvic person is the one for whom means are important, 
one who would not compromise means for the sake of end. Sattvic person who naturally reaches out. So you fake it and you deliberately try to reach out even though inside there is resistance, you do that. In, in their mind doesn't say, don't give him. Why should you give him? That's selfishness. So when Rajoguna Rajas is there, there is self-centeredness. There is craving. There is ambition. There is aggressiveness. There is greed. And anger. All of these are the products of Rajas and Tamas. And that kind of person is described here. Not a Sattvic person. In Sattvic person also desire is there, but that desire is to reach out, to help, to serve, to offer, to contribute. As we say, that is a desirable desire. It is that desire which we will grow out with. When mind entertains that desire, then someday we will be able to become free from desires. So convert the mind, transform the tamas to rajas, from rajas to sattva. Now tamas is not addressed here because Arjuna is not a tamas person. And people predominant tamas will not come to Bhagavad Gita anyway. Because there is no initiative at all. So Swami Swami was saying this morning, you know, people are so sad. That's all tamas, you know. So melancholy. He was complaining this morning. He was sad. That's tamas. But people are active, aggressive. As soon as walk out of the class and, you know, run into the line, you know, who will be the first one? So that. <laughs> And then also find a place, you know, for, and occupy six places because that's my family. Whatever. <laughs> In every situation, these fellows will always look for their uh, interest, their agenda. When the bus comes, people, you know, because actually there's a long line. What they do is they put their handkerchief on the seat from the window. Occupy the seat. So this Rajoguna makes a person aggressive, makes very competitive, makes a grabber. And that's what Lord Krishna, the desires arising from Rajoguna, which, which are, which are, where there is greed, there is aggressiveness. Ambition per se is not wrong. As long as we wish to fulfill our ambitions through legitimate means, so long it's okay. I mean, still you are a samsari, no doubt about that, but then at least there is an opportunity that someday there will be transformation will take place. But here, this karma is so strong that person is controlled by that and therefore he violates the values. And when that desire is not satisfied, that gets transformed to anger. Kamayesha, Krodesha, Rajoguna, Samudbhavaha, the desire, that's a product of Rajoguna. In turn, give the rest to Rajoguna because when that desire arises, you can't, you know, that kind of desire you cannot suppress, you cannot contain. That strong desire forces you to do something. So it gives rise to activity which is also Rajoguna. Mahashano Mahapapma Vidhyanam Hivayranam. What's wrong with desire, Swamiji? What's, that's all right. Desire arises. Satisfy the desire. It says, no, no. Mahashana. 
Mahan, Ashanam, Yasya The fellow has great appetite. The translation is a glutton. But glutton also it can be satisfied someday. You know, how much can you eat? There are people. When we have this Bhandara in Rishikesh and some sadhus, you know, we, we invite them specially also. We want to feed them. So when you are, you know, serving, laddus, you put one, one. Say, don't give one, come on, give me four at a time. <laughs> Second, another four. They can eat 15, 20 laddus, you know. <laughs> we knew people who could eat even more than that, but now those times are gone, but still. <laughs> in Gujarat, they make this chapati that was so thin, you know, and they eat. So this sadhu came once, bhiksha. So my mother said, okay, was made to sit and she was serving him. When, uh, Mama, don't count chapatis, give me this much, you know. <laughs> At this rate, one one there's no end, you know. When you go to Bombay in the olden days, and when you're invited for meals, that katori is so little. This, and all the cooks are trained to serve this, this much, little, little, little. Ask for second helping, little, little. Fifteen times you ask for it, you know. But even then, a glutton also can be twenty-five laddus. Okay, take it. He'll be satisfied. This karma even is, is uh, he will never be satisfied. That's why next subsequent verse, Lord Krishna says, "Dushpurena analena cha." This karma or desire is compared to fire, because fire's stomach will never be satisfied. Whatever fuel you supply to fire, you don't ask for more. Anala alam. It never says satisfied. Even Rishika also says, Pariyapta ho gaya. Pariyapta means I am satisfied. A fire will never say I am satisfied. So, Mahashana, understand here, Arjuna, you can never satisfy the desire. A given desire can be satisfied, but then, no sooner that desire is satisfied, will rise in its place another desire. You satisfy that a certain desire. Mahasana, Mahapapma. It's a great sinner. Because the pressure of desire will keep on rising as you satisfy desires, and they will come when the pressure is so much that you do not have patience to cross all the T's and dot all the I's, meaning you don't have patience to follow all the values. You will take shortcuts, you will violate the values. It's a matter of pressure. How much pressure as you are? How much in a hurry you are? I mean, you don't always have patience to follow all the speed limits and what is a 50? No, no, I have to reach. So, 65, 70. You don't have patience sometimes and in a hurry. So, also a person with a lot of pressure of desire, person doesn't have, you know, the leisure or the patience to follow every rule. So, why not? Mahapapma, ultimately the desire is a great sinner. He'll make you a sinner. So all the sins, sins means violation of values. Anywhere in the world, unnecessarily a product of karma means these strong desires. Where desire becomes so strong that it controls a person. And being controlled by the strong desire, people violate the values. <coughs> And Krodha, another thing, that Kama makes you dishonest and the Krodha makes you angry. It's all violence arises from Krodha. 
So in the whole universe, violence is a product of the anger of human being. Understand? Not anger of animals. Because the tiger is, is, is hunger is satisfied. Human being's hunger is never satisfied. And so even though people ask this question, Swami, why has God created this world? Why is there starvation? Why is there this suffering? Why is there cruelty? God has not created. It is human being's creation. The only thing God has done is to give human being a free will, which he can violate. And so whatever suffering we see anywhere in the universe is all a product of violation of the values on the part of human being. It is human being that has brought about all kinds of damage at every level. Leave it to nature, it will balance itself. Vidyenam he vairinam. Here Arjuna, know this to be vairi, know this to be your enemy number one. <coughs> so Arjuna wanted to know who the enemy is, Lord Krishna identified. And give some more information about this enemy. Next verse is, Dhume na vriyate vannihi Yatha darsho male nacha Yathol bena vruto garbha Tatha tene dama vrutam How this desire slowly grows in intensity. So Lord Krishna here gives three examples to explain the growth in intensity of a desire. First example is dhumena avriyate vannihi. Just as the fire is covered by smoke, so smoke covers the fire. <coughs> so this kama desire also covers something. Tathatena idam avrutam. Similarly also our free will, our capacity to discriminate, our capacity to discriminate what is right and wrong, that capacity in the intellect which is given to us is however concealed by karma, is obstructed by karma or desire, and that obstruction is in three stages. First obstruction is similar to the smoke obstructing the manifestation of fire which is not a big obstruction. You fan that smoke and then the fire becomes revealed. So when the desire arises, it is still, its intensity is low. If at that time you can catch the desire, you can, by the the fan of your viveka discrimination, you can deal with the desire. If you don't do that, yatha darsho malenacha, adarsham is a mirror, just as the mirror is covered by dust. See, when the smoke covers the fire, then you know the fire is there, you can feel the heat of fire. You may not see the light of fire, but heat of fire you can experience. So also, your Atma is experienced that time, and the, the power Viveka, or the power of discrimination, is not totally lost. Second stage of intensity is like the mirror covered by dust. Now, Fire could do its job partly by at least providing heat even though covered by smoke. When a mirror is covered by dust, it cannot do its job of reflecting your face. You see the mirror all right, but the mirror is not capable of doing its job. 
And if you do not do something about it then, yathol bena vrto garbaha, just as a fetus is covered by the womb, you can't even see it. Mirror at least you can see, it doesn't do the job, but the fetus you don't even see. That means that it's a, it's a very great obstacle. This desire arises in intensity for which three examples are given. Low intensity, middle intensity and high intensity. <coughs> this is, it is not that desire arises just like that or become intense just in a moment. No, it's a process. Desire arises in intensity. And this Lord Krishna tells us so that you can catch the thing. While it's still arising and before it becomes, it goes out of your control, you can do something with it. <coughs> so, these are the examples explaining desire. Lord Krishna continues. We'll continue in our next class. <coughs> Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachade Purnasya Purnamadahaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Balarayanam Sutra Bhashyakrutau Vande Bhagavantau Punapunahan Ishvaro Guru Ratmevi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyomavad Vyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti Shanti Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om